This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Dave Buck is fascinated about the passage of time and how to continuously improve the use of that time. Through his company, Kairos Management Solutions, he seeks to help people move time from finite to infinite. And I found Dave wandering around on the internet, on LinkedIn. I said, hey, Dave, you look like you're kind of bored. Would you like to be in my podcast? And he said, yes. And here he is. So Dave, welcome to the show. Such an honor. Thanks, Mark. I appreciate you inviting me and uh, glad to be here. I love geeking out about productivity and time management and all that good stuff. So you are the perfect guest for the show. And I, listener, if you've never listened to the show before, I don't have any scripted questions. So we go basically wherever Dave wants to go. And Dave, you did tell me something that you were really passionate about that you are dealing with this day and age. So let's jump off there and see where it takes us. Yeah, sure. I uh, I am passionate, as you had mentioned, about this idea of what to do when your life stage changes. And in this case, retirement. You know, for us in the United States, that's a big component of what our lifestyle is about. A lot of times we're all running 110 miles an hour up until whatever in our 60s. Usually the official retirement age is 67. And then at some point that life changes dramatically. And I think a lot of people, as I see, as I, I live in the state of Florida, which is a retirement place, <laughs> that I see a lot of people lose purpose once they hit that retirement time frame. And I'll be transparent. I'm in my 50s. Birthday's on Sunday. So I'm getting Happy birthday. Year. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I'm at that point where I am reflecting on, hey, what is my life going to be like in retirement? And and I don't think it's going to be conventional because that's not how I want to be. But I've spent a lot of time looking at that and analyzing that as part of what my business strategy is. You know, when you said that uh, that word, that you, you don't allow swearing on the show, but I let retirement go. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think of retiring because my theory is if you love what you do, and you can still do it. Why retire? I, my wife and I are in a Bible study class and most of the people in there are their upper sixties, you know, lower seventies and like, what are you doing about retirement? I'm like, why would I want to retire? I love doing this. And they say things like, well, you know, like I'm retired. I can play golf whenever I want to. I say, well, I don't play golf because I can only set one eye and I can't hit the golf ball, but I could do that too. I could go to lunch. I could go to the beach. And they're like, what are you serious right now? I'm like, yeah, it's called working for yourself. So I, I know you're, I know what you meant by retirement, but for me, no, that, that's a recipe for disaster for me. And that is the basis for what I'm trying to challenge people on is this fact that retirement is not like the tire in the word in the middle of retirement. It's more repurposement. I feel find your purpose. And like you, I don't, I don't know if I'm ever going to stop working in some sense because I just love what I do. So you're not but, a rocking chair guy like for 30 years. Oh gosh, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> hey, but if that's what your purpose in life yes. and you get that out of that, I'm not going to stop or get in your way, but to find that purpose, that's the challenge. Mm. It's, it's when you, when you work this career that you're trying to work, that, that many people are working in right now. And they get to the point that says, okay, I can stop working. The problem is they stop having a purpose. Yes. And when you don't have that purpose, I can speak personally from 
my grandfather on my mom's side and my dad, when they both lost purpose in their life, their health declined and they both died, I felt way too early because they didn't have a purpose. So for me personally, this is what I'm doing here. Let out the cat out of the bag. Big secret is this is my purpose. My company, what I'm doing for time management is going to be my purpose as long as my brain allows me to do it and and my body allows me to do it. I'm going to be engaged in some way in this productivity time management world. Um, but it's going to allow, maybe it'll be more flexible. Maybe I'm going to allow more flexibility in my lifestyle to open up more time if I want to, to take a trip, mm-hmm. to do other things. So, so it's purpose and flexibility to me are the two aspects I really want people to look at in their life, particularly as they get older. Now, I'm interested because you said you were in your 50s. I will celebrate birthday number 57 on June 21st. People look at me and think I'm 12. I, I get that. That's because I shave all my hair and the goatee and the mustache, so I look really young. So how old are you, young man? I'm going to be 58. So I'm, wow. I'm, you know, okay. you and I are contemporaries there. So Nice. Contemporary. Um, yeah. So I, I, yeah, 58 and and probably like you, I don't feel 58. I may look it and more, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't, I don't feel 58. I don't act like I'm 58, um, you know, and so I... I I always also feel that your life attitude and approach to life, as long as you think you can do whatever you want to do. And I know limitations, I, I'm physically not, I can't do the same things I did maybe in my twenties, but pretty close, you know? Yeah. So, and, and so I just, I just look at it as enjoy life with what you have. Mm. I love how Kathy Lee Gifford puts it in her book. She says, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And that I think about that all the time. If you are still breathing, if your heart is still beating, I don't care if you're 55, 75, 85. If you want to go do something like skydiving, I, I saw a story not too long ago where someone for the hundredth birthday went skydiving. If you can physically do it, you only get one life. And I think you should live the life you want, whether you're 25 or 105, you get your life and ring it out for all it's worth. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Enjoy the options and the opportunities that you can, which is why it's important to me. My wife and I put together a, a couple months ago our bucket list of all the things that we want to do between now and whenever, whenever we can do them. And it's a long list, you know, which is fun. You know, there's a lot of things that we want to do. Now, we've prioritized. Don't know if I'll ever get to all of them. But um, I've got enough activities to keep me busy. And that's the thing, staying busy. I, I said this on LinkedIn recently. You can be busy being productive, but just because you're busy, doesn't. I said that wrong. I knew I was going to mess it up because I didn't prepare. You <laughs> I know where you're be, going, though. Yeah, you can be productive and busy, but just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive. That's what I was trying to say. I said it right on LinkedIn. It's just on my own show. I, I goofed it up. That's okay. But the point is, a lot of people are spinning the wheel. They're like the hamster on the wheel. They're just go, 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 go. But I'm like, okay, what did you accomplish today? And one of the things I've been saying for a long time is always tell your time where to go instead of wondering where it went. And a lot of people are not doing that. They're living reactively instead of proactively. Now, I can tell that you're a proactively living, intentionally living kind of guy. And it pains my heart when I see other people just like, well... 
uh, what did you do today? Well, I don't know. I mean, they were busy, but they can't put their finger on, oh, I did this. I was on a podcast. I wrote a blog post. I worked on my book because they just were reactive all day. Speak to us about reactively living versus proactively living. Uh, that's that's a great question and a, and also a, a great perspective. Um, on To your point on productivity, and in my case in time management, I, I find the first phase when people recognize how do they be either more productive or manage their time well, they'll go ahead and organize what they think their day is like, but then they don't live that day. And then they come to the end of the day and say, wow, I had all these things planned and they probably have too many things planned. <laughs> and so, so I think it's, it's, it's key is planning. I'm not saying do not plan you uh, time management. It's me. It's all about planning, but to have that purposeful life is, what are you planning, number one, and prioritize that day that's important to you. So if if it's a high purpose item, if it takes you, if you budget one hour and it takes you four, if you get that pur- high purpose item done, because you know if the other three were low purpose items that you had planned, you can shift those off to another time. So really identify what's important to you. And I found particularly see, it seems like since COVID, since I, I feel like I'm in a COVID fog, is that um, it takes you longer to do things than what you think. So whatever you plan, I say plan another 20% on top of that, because it's probably going to take you longer to do if it's, if it's important uh, to you. And when you live that purposeful life, then the idea is you don't react because you're doing what you're trying to do first before others crowd out your time with things that are important to them. Mm. You know, you said something very important, prioritization. And there's this concept out there called flow state. Now, what I do every day is I send an email out to my list. And every couple of days, I'll sit down and create an email. I try to stay two weeks ahead of time. And I may say on my schedule, the target is for two emails. But if I'm in the flow, I may knock out three, four emails, or I may knock out two, three, four blog posts. To your point, if you're in the flow, don't go, well, I did my two, cross it off, do something else. If you're in the flow and you can start knocking a whole bunch of whatever it is for you is, don't break that flow because you may not get that flow state for that particular item for a day, a week, a month. And I, I, I get so sad when I see people... Well, I only told myself I'd do two, but I'm like, why stop? So I think Mm -hmm. you brought up a very interesting point on that. Yeah, I I, uh, love Cal Newport's uh, book, Deep Work. Yes. And um, I find in sales, it's very hard sometimes to get into a deep work pattern. But like you said, the the content writing the the part about bringing value to people, uh, totally get it and and basically affirm what you're saying is if you're in a zone and you say, oh, I got two done and you're like, well, maybe I can get three or four, do it. You know, just understand what's happening to the rest of your priorities during that day. Did mm-hmm. you have another uh, high priority item to follow up on? Um, but that's so important. Yeah, it is. And what I want to ask you is a question I get asked when I speak, whether virtually or in person or people hit me up on social media. They go, what happens if an atom bomb is dropped on your schedule? I take the time, I plan, and what happens? What I tell them to do, I said, first of all, go take a walk, go do some deep breathing. Don't react in the moment. Let your mind settle. 
because if you do a knee, knee jerk reaction, the odds are you may do the wrong thing. So I say, calm down first and then find out where you have to move on from there. Do you agree with that or do you approach it differently? No, I, I do. I think, I think one of the things people have to understand and the biggest challenges on time management and productivity is you have to invest time to be productive or to do time management. So in the case of if something happens and you, you have a DEF CON one moment and you're right, all of a sudden your entire, th- your entire schedule is going to be in an uproar. I think the thing to your, the first thing to do is you're right, step away and people don't take enough breaks. Go take a break. Get away from what you're doing. Something totally different. Go for a walk. Don't go on another screen and go on social media (laughs) or things like that. Don't do it. Get away from the environment you're in and let your brain recalculate. And then I think you have to say, I've got to come back and invest time to fix whatever just happened and know that it may require you to push off other things or to do immediate communications with, with those to say, not going to be able to do this right now. Uh, I'll come back to you with some alternatives or, or whatever, particularly if it's other time sensitive items, don't be afraid to communicate to people up front and say, I've had something major happen, but invest the time to recalculate out what your schedule is and then go forward with executing it. I remember back in October, 2017, my wife fell at home and broke her arm. That was not my schedule that day. So not only that day, but for several days afterwards, my number one priority, as it should be, was to care for my wife. You're going to have things like this happen. Maybe your house catches on fire. I hope it doesn't. Someone gets sick. I hope they don't. But that's life. And you have to be pliable. You have to say, okay, listen, something happened. Uh, my Someone dug through the, uh, if this has ever happened to anyone, Someone digs through the cable modem, uh, the cable to your house. Well, that's not going to be fixed in 30 minutes. It may take a day or two to get fixed. And so what do you do now? And I I think freaking out is not going to solve the problem. You got to, okay, what can I do? I've lost the internet. Okay. So I can't be on the internet. What else can I work on? But a lot of people, they go right toward the negativity, right toward the anger. Their stress goes up. Their blood pressure goes up. To what end? That doesn't solve any purposes. So right. you got to understand life is going to throw wrenches in your best laid plans. And it's how you react to them that really matters. I absolutely uh, 100% agree. And what people need to uh, plan is, so one of the methods I do on my calendar is, if it's important to me on my calendar, I I block the time off. So I think one of the things I do with my clients is I'm very... Uh, uh, very much kind of reverse and say, instead of saying, what times do you have available? I'm like, here's my calendar, pick a time yes. that I'm open. And, and so you flip the switch, the switch and the script and you make your clients or your potential prospects or whoever you want to deal with pick a time that's convenient for you because they're picking a time that's also convenient for them. Yes. The second aspect is, is that I have time on my calendar that I block off. For me only. So, so you can do it on Google. You can do it on your Outlook, whatever calendar you use. You set that block of time, but you show it as free. You see it. Anybody else doesn't. And that's a low. So if, if I do have someone who's like, Oh, wow, I really need to meet with you. They can still meet with me because I know I've planned in my head that time that's allocated. I can switch to someplace else. So priority items, block your calendar off. 
if it's important to you, if you want to do like Cal Newport's deep work, you need to block your calendar off. But other aspects, if they're items that you need to get done, lower level priorities, put it on your calendar, but keep it open because people, you can still be flexible enough for people to get a hold of you. Mm. I use HubSpot for my meetings. There's Calendly, there's Acuity, yep. and it's so easy. Like when you got on my schedule, I said, here's the link. And then you opened the link. You saw my availability. You look at your calendar, found the date and scheduled it. And this isn't just for big companies. I'm a solopreneur. You can do this. It makes life easier and it puts control in their pocket. And not only that, but when you use a service like this, let's say Dave wanted to reschedule, he could just click one button to reschedule. Doesn't have to reach out to me. Doesn't have to send me a text in the email, call me. It just is, I'm a big fan of automation and whatever you can automate. Now I'm not talking about automating your posts on social media. I mean, if you can automate things in your life, like if you always order the same, like our, like our dog gets dog food delivered from Amazon every three months, she gets a 35 pound bag. So I don't have to remember to order it. It just shows up at my doorstep. She's very appreciative of that. So automate what you can automate to make your life easier because I should not be focused on, Oh, do I have to order Gracie's food? Amazon takes care of that for me. So use automation. We're in April, 2022. There is so much you can automate instead of you doing it yourself. And it's, you're going to save yourself some brain cells and bandwidth. No, I agree. So you even get a little bit more tactical than that on the case of, I have a, a task, a reminder task for replacing the air filter and my air conditioner. Oh, so do I. My, you know, <laughs> so I, I have all, because, um, uh, it's, it's one of those, the, the brain as I get older can't remember as much open memory stuff yep. as it used to. So it's just comforting to me to know I don't have to remember the next time that I have to either have my air conditioner serviced or something to that effect. I got the tasks out there and it'll remind me and I know to make the phone call. Yeah. I, I you touched on a really, uh, a really sensitive nerve for me. People who try to remember things. I'm like, use your technology. If you got mm -hmm. Siri, if you got Alexa, just say, Hey, remind me on this date and time to do thus and such. Then you, then your brain, once your brain knows it's captured someplace, it'll let it go. If it doesn't know that your brain's going to try to hold on to that and everything else. So give your brain a break, put it in the task, put it in the calendar and let it go. And the technology is not going to let you down. I've never had a reminder or a calendar uh, notification not show up. If I put it incorrectly, it's always worked. So you have a lot of things you have to do. Dear listener, let technology take some of that weight off your shoulders. And if you even use a paper calendar, you can flip the pages forward to every particular <laughs> month and write it on the date that you're going to yep. do it. Um, and again, take take it off of your right. Take it off of what you have to remember. Did I do this? Did I not do this? Um, and and you know that's I've had uh, either clients or other. Wow, you're just so organized. Well, um, I, I'm like you said, I'm letting the technology do my work for me, and so. It's not necessarily that I'm organized. It's I've got the automation in place to help me look organized. How would you like to get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free? Well, you can. All you have to do is go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top5productivitytips.com to get my, well, top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. 
I have an 85-year-old aunt. I love her to pieces. My Aunt Rory rocks, but she doesn't like technology. And she said to me a couple weeks ago, she says, I wish we could just go back to the way it was in the 70s and 80s. And I said, Aunt Rory, I love you, but I don't. I don't because she doesn't like all this you know, internet stuff. And I'm like, I would have never met you were it not for the internet. Okay. That is correct. I wouldn't have a podcast with not for the internet. So I think technology is a blessing and a curse. And I think you have to go into it the right attitude. For example, you're probably like me. You probably spend a lot more time pushing out content on social media than consuming because I've talked to people who who've wasted literally eight hours scrolling through TikTok videos. I don't do that. I, I post videos on TikTok. I never watch stuff on TikTok because I know it's so addicting. We're human beings. Most of us who are listening to the show are adults. You have to act like an adult human and saying, I am not going to let the technology control me. I'm going to control it. Correct? Oh, I, I agree. And that's the, uh, the biggest uh, top three for me on my research that I've done on time management challenges are first is procrastination. Second is interruptions. And third, close third, is uh, disruptions. And I I term interruptions are external things that come to you. People come to you, phone call or whatever. That's a demand of your time. I look at, so, so interruptions, disruptions to me are inside. It's what I'm allowing to disrupt me. And social media is the ultimate disruptor. It's designed to. To disrupt yes. us. And so if we aren't careful, like I, I can, I love LinkedIn. I am a, it, it is really based upon time. It's the only place where I really spend my social media time. It's part of my business. Um, but I can get very much sucked into uh, looking at content, engaging in content and realize where is the time gone. So for me, uh, my plan is, is when I get on LinkedIn, I set my time with, if I'm doing content, that's different, but if I'm just out there to see what's out there to engage, set a timer on my uh, phone. And in 15 minutes when it beeps, I'm done because you can get sucked into it very, very easily. I call the timer, the unforgotten productivity tool. I'm sorry, the forgotten productivity tool, because it is so powerful. And I tell people, look at, you're going to go on social media. All right, you are. I'm never yep. going to tell you don't go on social media, but set a boundary that's a timer, and don't get something like angel wings. Get something like really annoying that's going to jolt you from <laughs> the endless scrolling as TikTok videos or whatever the case may be. But you have to stay in control. Now, I want to ask you a question about notifications because people always come to me and they say, "Are you a zero notifications guy?" I am not. I am an intentional notifications guy. So like I have my calendar notifications on my to-do list, my credit card and debit card, weather, club in Houston, you know, storms can pop up out of nowhere, but I don't have social media on. I don't have news apps on my phone. I don't have all these other things. So are you a zero notifications guy or are you more of an intentional notifications guy? So I'm going to say intentional. And the reason being is that that's what I control. So if I have everything turned on, I am allowing the disruptions and the distractions yep. to control me. So whereas, and, and you're, there are some important notifications that I want to know. We both use HubSpot. 
I have, I have HubSpot notifications set me up, particularly if there's a particular client I'm prospecting or I'm trying to make sure I'm keeping up with somebody. I want to be notified if that person is either engaged in the particular content I'm looking for or they're okay. It looks like they're going to be following up with me. So yeah, very intentional, targeted, and it has to be about adding value to me, not just a nice to know. I give a real life example. So we're recording this on April 5th. Yeah. You're hearing this in April 6th. I just recorded this yesterday with Dave. So as we're recording this, I have my iPhone on next to me. That's because my brand new iPhones are out for delivery and that's kind of important. So I have my rain notifications on my UPS notifications on, but as soon as we're done, I go out to the kitchen and turn all those notifications off. I'm like you to use your word. I love that word targeted. I only need to have them on. During this interview, just in case UPS shows up, they're probably not. I probably won't get until 7 o'clock, and I'll cry all day wondering where my iPhones are. But the (laughs) point is, it's targeted. It's like Uber Eats, okay? If I place an order with Uber Eats or Domino's or Grubhub, I turn the notifications on when I place the order. As soon as the order arrives, I turn it off. Why? Because they're going to hit me all kinds of notifications. Hey, here's an offer. Here's an offer. Here's an offer. So be very intentional, very targeted. It's okay. The notifications, please, are not going to come to your house if you turn them off after Uber Eats drops off your order. It's okay. But people, it drives me crazy when people have all the notifications on and things, swish, boing. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're giving me a headache. Do you really need those all on? I'm like, well, no. And I have something called the notification cleanse where you go through all your notifications and you mm. ask yourself a simple question. Is this notification serving me or distracting me or to use your word, disrupting me? If it's serving, leaving on, leave it on. If it's distracting, turn it off. And people would actually do the exercise. They're like, wow, I turned off 95% of my notifications. I said, welcome to the productive crowd. And personally, I am so uh, susceptible to those distractions. It's just, it's my nature. And so on this podcast, everything else got shut down (laughs) and all I have is you up now because the temptation would be too much. If I had another screen and something off to the side happened, I would want to lose and shift my focus. So even someone who loves time management, that, that I know I'm very susceptible to. And it's normal. So I'm in my spare bedroom right now and I'm looking out at my backyard. Fortunately, there's no real life squirrels out there, but it's, I need the light for the video. But you've got to think about your environment because this has a lot to do. You could do the best, have the best laid plans. You could sit there and plan everything you're going to do. But if you're in some place, like you go to Starbucks, you're trying to write your book and people are coming in, they're talking, they're on their phones. That's not a good environment. Even though you plan to write your book or your blog post for two hours, you're in the wrong environment. So let's talk a few minutes about that. No, that's actually, I am working with a client right now who has most of their team is works off site. They work, work remote. And one of the things I unpacked with them is how is your office set up? Mm. And you, it was, it was very surprising to me. You've got people working on their dining room table, their job in their dining room table. No, no, you can't. Or they're shoved in the corner on a card table in their bedroom next to the bathroom. And so I love the concept of remote work. I'm actually, I would say I was remote work before remote work was cool. 
Most of my career was outside sales, so I had to work ah, remote. I had okay. to understand the importance of setting up a home office and what that takes. So I am passionate about if you are going to work remote, you if your company's not going to invest, you need to invest in good workspace, private workspace. What do you have to do to make it private? And I understand some people might be going, listen, I, I, I live in a two-bedroom. I've got kids. No, it's okay. Fine. Find that nook and cranny that you can be private in, but that if you're doing either a Zoom or a webinar or something to that effect that you're going to be seen, you don't see the laundry hanging up behind you or something to (laughs) that effect. So, and having the right equipment, having, uh, you know, a good solid surface area to work with, a good chair. All those, I, I ended up putting together a remote office checklist and having them work through that because I was just surprised at, at really the diverse unpreparedness that people were working in their home environment. I have been remote since I was fired from my job back in 2005. Now, I wor- I'm an empty nester. My wife and I are empty nesters. Yep. And two, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, she actually goes to an office. And so it's just me and the dog. So when I go edit this podcast or I'll send emails to my clients or I'll create content, I like to be out in my kitchen. But I have it set up. I'm very disciplined. So I it could be chaos all around me, and I can stay focused. Most people, unless you build that discipline, you can't do that. Now, the one thing I have to deal with is if Amazon or FedEx or UPS shows up, then Gracie has to let me know, even though I'm right there and I can see the person, she's got to (laughs) let me know and say hello to the guy. But I'm focused. And do you agree with me? Do you think it has to do with discipline? So someone like you and me probably could be in a more chaotic environment and stay focused as someone who is not that disciplined or do you disagree with me? It's okay if you disagree with me, by the way. Um, well, first of all, I'm going to say we have another thing in common in that my dog is named Grace oh. also. <laughs> so there you go. So there's another thing. So um, I I think it's a learned process the, to be able to have that discipline. I think as as people who work in, in uh, sales for me, for an example, necessitated me getting disciplined because the very nature of sales can be very chaotic. You're going to get, you know, you got prospecting, additional, you know, new customers, existing customers, internal demands, external demands. Um, but no, I, I agree with you that, that, uh, you can be disciplined. Um, and, and as I talk about a home office setup, the flip side is when I do content, I have a porch that overlooks a pond. Beautiful, beautiful view. So if I'm going to do content, I'll unplug my laptop and I'll go sit out at the table there outside just because it's a, it helps with my creative juices. So, um, to your point, you're right. I don't think you need to be married to your office desk all day. That's the beauty of working in your office. If you want to casually go through a task list or answer emails and you want to, you want to do that from, the living room while you watch TV. Great. If, if, if you're disciplined enough to do that. Um, but if you need to do targeted solid work, then I think you need to get used to being in your formal space to be able to be as productive as possible. I agree with that. And before we wrap up, I want to circle back to you something you said earlier about breaks. I'm a big proponent of micro breaks and I tell people, 
A micro break doesn't mean you push a chair back and hop on Instagram. It means you get up, walk outside. If it's cold, grab a jacket. If it's hot, you won't be out there that long and go walk around your block. Go take a five or 10 minute walk. And I don't mean like a leisurely stroll. I mean, break up a mild sweat. When you do this, it's going to get the blood flowing. It's going to get your muscles stretched and don't be on your devices. Don't call anybody. If you want to walk with someone, don't talk to anyone. Just allow your brain to decompress, allow your eyes to just enjoy something different. That's what I mean about a micro break. A lot of people, like I said, they just get on their phones. So you're going from one screen while you're sitting to another screen while you're sitting. Absolutely. No, get out and take a walk. Do you agree with that? Yes. And uh, I think one of the uh, untapped areas of people's time management is their personal care yes. and taking care of themselves. And there's three elements to that of one of them is a break, a form of, like you said, change the environment. It's not, I'm working on a spreadsheet. Now I'm going to go watch a YouTube video. No, it's <laughs> get up, go move, get out. I think the second element to that is sleep of which I'm working on, yep. but eight hours of sleep, you need to target yourself because that's so good for the body, the brain and spiritually for yourself. It just is really, really good for that. And then the, the third element is some form of exercise to, to your point, get your heart rate up. Something that you do differently that that lets your body experience a, a little bit of good stress. And those three components, if you take care of yourself, that way you become more focused to worry about the time management aspects in other areas of your life. Do you know that I have run at least one mile every day since August 29, 2017? Good for you. That's excellent. I we had a Hurricane Harvey came that the weekend before, and yeah. I happened to read an article uh, from RunnersWorld.com. What I've learned from running one mile a day for 250 days, and I'm like, I could do that. It is such an integral part of my day because it keeps my energy level high, and I just want to encourage people. It, you you were designed to move, okay? Like I tell people, even if you're not a Christian, you understand this. Jesus didn't take an Uber. He walked everywhere. Right. Okay? Exactly we have right. legs. We have legs. And you. I'm not saying you should run like I do, but I'm saying you need to walk more. Even if you take the dog for a walk, the pooch wants to go for a walk. Okay. Yep. You need to get the body moving. Now, don't exercise within three hours before bed because then you won't be able to sleep well. But get exercise. I here in Houston between March and like end of October, I can run first thing in the morning. I get up like 536. As soon as the sun is out enough, like not yeah. the sun, but first light, and I can see safely, I go for my run. If I run later, like in the wintertime, I have to run in the afternoon, I feel off because my body's used to that run first thing in the morning. But if I have a choice between running when it's 35 and 65, guess which one I'm going to pick? Um, That's a good choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I want to just want to reinforce what you said. Your body, if you want to be productive, if you want to be really good at time management, you need to take care of your body. And that's sleep, like you mentioned. It's exercising. It's breaks. It's also processed foods. It's also mm, you know the ice cream and the cookies. It's hard to have a lot of energy to be productive when you weigh 500 pounds. Yep. 
Yep. Or you get the a great point on the whole processed foods and sugars because you get the great sugar rush and then 30 minutes later you get the crash and what yep. do you got to do to get that rush again? <laughs> and I'm, I'm speaking from experience, everybody. This is, this yeah. is so me is that when, you know, I'll, I'll go out, have a handful of M&Ms and say, okay, good. And then I find myself 15 minutes later grabbing another handful of M&Ms. Why? Cause I need that, that sugar rush. So yeah, yeah. very, very important. Now I'm not saying I don't eat processed foods. Don't misunderstand me. There you go. I know I should drink water all day. I love my diet Coke. I don't have it after three o'clock in the afternoon because it'll affect my sleep. I will order McDonald's. I will go to Jack in the box occasionally, but then you go in my refrigerator. See, one thing is I don't keep the crap in my house. So I have to order it in and pay a premium for it. So you go to my refrigerator, there's carrot sticks, there's cucumbers, there's bell peppers, there's stuff, good stuff to eat. There's apples and stuff like that. So I do balance it. I could get much better. And I've had nutritionists on the show. I could get much better. But the truth is, Dave, we can all get better. We can all get better at eating, better at sleeping, better at working out. We're all a work in progress. Exactly. And if you don't mind me saying you're Mr. Productivity, I'm sure you can get better with productivity. Yes. I love time management. I know I can get better with time management. (laughs) It's, it's It's a constant. I don't think it's something you ever stop getting better at if you stop getting better at something i think you stop living brendan burchard says true experts are students first so i'm glad you said that you constantly study time management i constantly study productivity and it's not just from cal newport you may learn a hack from the cross school crossing guard or from someone you work with who's a who is air quotes here, just a secretary. So don't say, oh, I can only learn from Dave and Mark. Keep your opportunity antennas up. You never know where that next hack is going to come from. I've learned some ideas from people. I'm like, wow, I didn't know the iPhone did that because I, you know, I keep an open mind. So if you keep an open mind, whether you go to a corporate office, whether you work for yourself, whether you're mom or dad, keep an open mind because people who have closed minds, I think they, they basically are not living to the truest potential. And that goes back to what we talked about in the beginning is that if you don't have a purpose in your life, mm. you will, it's detrimental. It's detrimental uh, mentally, it's physically. Uh, and then obviously uh, for me as a Christian as well, it's detrimental spiritually. If I'm, if I'm just going along without a purpose and, and having God as my North star to help me with that purpose, it it, it just life lacks so much one final point you talked about people doing too much i think about my dog probably your dog too they are a sleeper and they like going for walks and they're cute they don't try to do too much but humans (laughs) we need to take a lesson from the dogs okay dogs they have a very limited things they want to do we unnecessarily come complex add complexity to our lives and if we would just say, hey, let me going to ease back on some of this complexity. I'm not saying sleep all day like a dog, but I'm saying if you ease the burden, you're actually going to have more energy to be more productive. Yeah, I'll go back to what I said earlier about how I felt it's taking me longer to get things done than what I had planned. So plan, if, if you're going to put something out there, like I got four things to get done today, either give yourself more time to do them or put breaks in between those tasks so that you have that chance for the break to re-energize, to do things that you need to do 
to be as productive or time efficient as possible. Absolute fascinating conversation, Dave. Uh, you and I are in the same wavelengths. We're students and we just want to help people become better. So I know people are going to want to know how they can get in touch with you. I found you on LinkedIn. You do fantastic stuff on LinkedIn. He wears a suit and tie on LinkedIn, by the way. He caught me off guard when he showed up for this interview. He's wearing like a casual shirt. And I'm like, is this the real Dave? Um, I, I don't I don't do that. I probably should. You're probably a better man than I am. But uh, so where else can we go besides going to find you on LinkedIn? Where else can we go to find out more about you? Uh, thank you so much. appreciate that. And, and uh, so uh, easiest thing to do uh, to, if you want to learn more about me and what I do is go to kmstime.com. That's my website, Kairos Management Solutions, Kairos, the Greek word for time. And, uh, and you can just kind of see what I do there. You can reach out to me at Dave at kmstime.com. If you just want to email me and say, Hey, like to talk about time management opportunities or what I can do to help. I offer a lot of free resources out there. That's one of the things bring, bringing value to people. So if you go to the website and go to the free resources, you can find some stuff to maybe kickstart what you want to do. Excellent. Dave, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was really an honor having you here. Oh, back at you. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you, Mark. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.